Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I love what I feel in this place. Tonight, if you will, join me tonight in Titus chapter 2. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 11. Tonight, that's been my prayer all afternoon is, Lord, just sweep over me tonight and allow your presence to be felt. Tonight in Titus chapter 2 and verse 11, the Bible says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of that great God and our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, whom gave himself for us, that we might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous, or tonight are passionate, of good works. Tonight I want to talk to us for a few minutes for about passionate about God. If you will, join me in prayer right now. Lord, I ask you tonight to touch every one of us tonight, Lord. Lord, I ask you to allow this word, Lord Jesus, to settle upon our hearts tonight, Lord Jesus. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to allow me to be a spokesperson tonight, Lord Jesus. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to allow your anointing to flow through me tonight, Lord Jesus, and allow the word to go forth, Lord Jesus, and settle on hearts tonight. Lord, and allow us to be changed and for you to better tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. When you read about being passionate, you may be seated. We read in the Bible, we find a lot of people that were passionate. They were passionate about good things, and there were some of them even passionate about bad things. We look through, you know, we look in Acts chapter 8, we find a man named Saul. And the Bible says in 8 and 3, it says, As Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering to every house and hailing men and women, committing them to prison. We know this Saul was, eventually he became Paul when he, he met Jesus and had that life-changing experience. But tonight, you know, but, but even when, when Saul was making havoc of the church, he was passionate about what he was doing. He was passionate. He thought he was doing the right thing, but he, he was passionate about that. The Bible says he was, he, he was wreaking havoc in the church. Can I tell you tonight, I believe Saul was enjoying what he was doing. He was enjoying every bit of that, everything he was doing. He was enjoying it. Even the day up to when he met that bright light on the Damascus Road, he was enjoying himself. He was passionate about what he was doing. But in Paul, you know, when he had his transformation in life, Paul became just that passionate for God. He gave it all. And tonight, that's what I want to talk about. We need to be passionate for God. We need to be like Paul. We need to be passionate about not just the evil side of it. We need to be passionate about 
doing God's work and doing everything we should. In Ecclesiastes 9 and 10, it says, Whatsoever thy thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. We must work while it's day. We must work while we can. We must do everything. We must do it with our might. And so sometimes in life we find ourselves doing what we feel like God wants us to do, but are we doing it with really real true passion? Or are we just doing it, just going through the motions? And today that's what's been my convicting thing in my life and when I was preparing for this message is, is God convicted me about, am I just going through the motions? Am I just doing what I feel like God is calling me or am I really, really a passionate about what I'm doing? Am I really a passionate about what God has called me to do? In our lives, there are times in our careers when our expertise meets up with an opportunity and this results in something that we can, we can be passionate about. When we, when, we, when we find something we're good at and we find an opportunity to do that, we become passionate. On our jobs, you know, if we find something we love to do and we get that opportunity to do that, it, 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 would not be, it gets to where it's not becomes work if we're passionate about our job, if we're passionate about our career. And so sometimes when we, we just like at our career, we've we got to find what we're doing for God. We've got, we got to enjoy that. And by that, we become passionate about that. When two people meet and fall in love, there becomes passion between them. And in times, you know, in the world we live in today, people fall in love and they fall out of love. And when they fall out of love, they lose that passion that they had when they were in love. And so some, and I'm going to talk about some of that just a little bit later, but tonight, you know, how you lose that passion. And today, you know, but we must have passion. Just like a, to keep a marriage together, you've got to have passion to keep your walk with God. But in our spiritual lives, when our purpose meets our passion, the result always is it becomes enjoyable in life. We can't just go through life, and sometimes as Christians, we, we, we talk about our, as Christians, you know, just, just drudgery, making do, do this today, and just drudgery, go through this. Oh, well, I got to go to church Sunday, and I got to go to church Wednesday night, and becomes a drudgery to us. And so in life, you know, we got to have that passion that I get to go to church. I get to, I, get to, I get to do this or I get to do that. I get to sing on the platform or I, I, I get to speak behind a microphone. We should have a passion for that, everything that we do, everything that God allows us the opportunity to do. If we get a chance to, to sweep the floor, we need to do that with passion. If we get a chance to take the garbage off, we need to do that with passion. Not that I have to take the garbage off or I have to sweep the floor or I have to move them heavy tables out there in the dining hall. That that comes, becomes a drudgery sometimes. <laughs> but we need to do it with passion. First and foremost, there's several things, purposes in this life. And first and foremost is we, we are we're created to praise God. The Bible tells us that he inhabits the praise of his people. The word praise is used over 250 times throughout the Bible. Can I tell you somebody today, God wants us to praise him. He kicked out the leader of worship, and so then he made us. 
And when he made us, he made us to praise him. And I am praising God today. I ask my question, myself this question today. Am I praising God at the level that comes close to the level that God blesses me? Today, am, 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 am I praising, praising God or am I worshiping God? Does that level even come close to how he blesses me every day? Can I tell you today, I know I come up short. I come up short because sometimes in life, God, God saved my soul. And just for that, that gives me a distant opportunity to, to worship him every day. If he never touched my body again or if he never did anything else for me, just saving my soul from the wretched man I was, that's worth me praising him the rest of my life. But can I tell you, God has healed my body. God has did things for my family. God has healed my family. God has did th- answered prayers for me. And am I praising him enough? Am I worshiping him enough? Am I, am I passionate enough about what he has done for me? Today, I'm a, sometimes I'm a convicted. I'm convicted that I don't praise him. My praise don't even come close to what my blessings does. You know, sometimes when I just drag into church and, well, I made it here. I checked my checkbox. And sometimes when we worked all day and we finally get here on Wednesday night, sometimes we feel that our body is tired. Our flesh is tired. But can I tell you, it's worth it. Because he, he drug his body to a, tr- a cross to save my soul. Sometimes when I look at I come to church and I raise my hands a couple times during the song service. and I say a couple amens during the preaching. Can I tell you, that's not going to get it for me. They don't even come close to what God has done for me. Probably just in this week. And so God, we must, I have to, in my life I have to think about my praise, my worship. When this old body is tired, when this old flesh is weak, I need to praise him for what he's already done. Sometimes we want to praise him for what we can see done right now. and Sometimes we want to get praise for what, for what we need right now. Or sometimes we have more requests than we have praise. But I'm here to tell you today, we, need, we must have praise with passion. God has done way too much for me. God has done way too much for my family for me not to praise him. I can't just sit on a pew and just say, well, I made my checkbook. I made my checkmark and I made my attendance here tonight. But I must praise him with everything that's in me. The breath that's in my lungs is because of him. And so we must praise him with passion. Can I tell you tonight, this church was built by passionate people. There were people that walked to this church during the rain and whatever, not no snow, but maybe rain and some heat. But there were people that was passionate enough, it didn't matter what was going on. It didn't matter that they had worked in a field all day. And then they came, they got to church and it didn't matter that church went on to one, two o'clock in the morning. It didn't matter, they knew they had going to get up at five o'clock the next morning and go back to the field and work all day. They were passionate about what they did. That's what built this church. That's why this church has stood over 80 years. It's because there was passionate people that, that loved this gospel. They loved this truth and they, they built this church in the middle of nowhere because they was passionate about this. What if God was to answer my, 
What if God was to answer my prayer, my next prayer, by how I praised him for my last prayer, for my last blessing? And I'm not trying to be that God uses a check mark system, but I just think about, I thought, think about my life. What if here I'm going to him with another request? I'm going to him with another need in my life. But what if I, if he answers my prayer just like I worshiped him for what he did for me last time? What if God decides how to, how, how to, where I worshiped him tonight to decide how quickly he was going to respond to my needs the remainder of the week? That's something I thought of, I think about when I think about this, when I was thinking about being passionate, what God requires of us. God, don't hold me accountable for because I didn't worship you enough tonight. We are all called to be, to be worshipers. We're called to be fulfill a purpose in this life. This purpose is to serve God with whatever burden that he has placed in your heart. Can I tell you, everybody here has a, has a, has a burden. Everybody here has a calling on their life. I know Brother Boyd spoke about this a couple Wednesday nights ago. He talked about every person has a calling. There's some callings that stands behind a pulpit. Some callings stands behind a broom. But everybody has a calling. And I feel like tonight when I was studying for this message, I feel like we have a calling. And sometimes we're doing that calling. But are we passionate about that? How are we doing that call? Can I tell you, I've, I've worked around the church and I've did a little bit of everything but there's been some times that I was doing it because I just needed it needed to be done or I was just doing it because I had to do it. That was my job. And didn't have one bit of passion for what I was doing. I'm being honest at tonight. But sometimes in our life, you know, we need to have passion for whatever we're doing. We need to have that passion for God for in everything we do. The worst thing we can do in line with God's calling is just to sit on it. When God has put something in your heart to do and for us to sit down on that and not do that. Aside from not being saved at all, there is not, 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 not one other place worse to be in life is sitting on what God has called you to do or not doing what God called you to do with passion because if you don't have passion for what you're doing, you're just going through the motions and you're going to get that kind of results. And so if we, sometimes if our results ain't what we think they should be, we may need to back up and say, well, am I really passionate about this? Am I really giving it my all? Or am I giving it everything in my life? No one has been called just to sit and wait for God's return. Tonight, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, we're not called to just sit on a pew. There's something that God has called us to do. You may not be able to jump as high as you used to. You may not be able to run like you used to. But can I tell you, God knows your heart. He knows if you're giving it with passion. Just like the poor lady in the offering. You know, she just threw in the little bitty mites. But God knew that she had gave her all. And so just like that with our worship, just like that with our passion, what we do in life, God knows what we truly have. God knows if we really have more in the tank. 
When God was, when we say, well, I'm giving it all, but are we really giving it all? Or are we just leaning on what we feel like or giving what we feel like to giving? There is a purpose that I have to recognize in my life that, that I'm not fulfilled in my life. Also, the sense is that sometimes in our life, you know, we have a purpose and our purpose of our, our personal fulfillment of, is of the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you, this Great Commission can be summed up in the first three words of this verse. And that is, go ye therefore. That is what we're called to do. It doesn't matter if you stand behind a pulpit with a mic or, or what you feel like your calling is. Our all, every person in this building's calling is, go ye therefore. And the next three words is, says, and teach all nations. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to go teach this word of God, wherever it is. It says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Can I put that in a little more terms? Well, we know it's go teach all cities, all towns, all neighborhoods, all subdivisions, down every dirt road. That's what this gospel is killing us to do. It's not just go to all nations. Sometimes we throw that all nations. We feel like, well, that excludes me. I'm, I, I can't go to the other side of the country and I can't do this. But when this all nations means, it carries it down, down, to, down the little dirt road that we live on to the neighbor, to the person that works on our job. And that's what we should care of this to. We should teach this, teach this that they should be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. When our passion meets our purpose to reach the lost, it will become a compassion. And when our compassion, we'll start enjoying what we're doing. We'll start seeing results when it becomes compassion. When our passion meets our, for our loss for souls. The definition of passion is an intense desire or enthusiasm for something. This is the fuel that ignites the fire that's inside of our life. Passion is what drives us to do the things that we do. Can I tell you, whatever your passion is, is, is what you're going to do. It is, it's what moves ordinary people to do extraordinary things. When you look at things, well, you say, look, well, look at this, this guy here or this person here, this lady here. She's, she's won 500 people to the Holy Ghost because she has a passion to win people to the Holy Ghost. Whatever your passion is, is where your strength is. Henry Beecher said, the strength of a man consists in him finding out the way God is going and then he gets going in that way. And that's, that, that quote has a, has a lot of power to it. Well, what we need to do is we need to find out what, which way God wants us to go and get going in that direction. If you try going on your own way, can I tell you, you'll find you'll come up short. You'll come up short every time. My prayer is, and it is, should be everybody's prayer, my prayer is may God break my heart for the things that breaks the heart of God. Break my heart for what, what God is broken for. Lead me to the people that God wants me to reach. Jesus Christ was consumed with passion. That's why Jesus went to the cross for, for our sins is because he was passionate about what he came for. It didn't matter what his flesh told him. He was passionate about reaching the lost. And that's what we need to be passionate about is reaching the lost. 
William Booth said, some men's passion is for gold, others' passion is for fame, but my passion is for lost souls. George Whitefield, he went on to this, and this is a more powerful statement. He says, Lord, give me souls or take my soul. These are two powerful quotes right here. But these men had passion for lost souls. And so today we must have that kind of passion like Mr. George or, or, or Mr. William here. We need to have their kind of passion in our life. Lord, give me souls or take my soul. Our passion has to become the same as Christ's passion. We need to lose the passion of the flesh and change to the passion of Christ. It doesn't matter how bad we want to change our life. You know, we've talked about, you know, life changing, being a, have a life changing experience. It doesn't matter how bad we want to change it until our passion changes. When we, when we have the passion to do right, when you have the passion to, to live right, it makes that job easy. But if your passion is still out there in the world, if your heart's still longing for the world, you're not ever going to live for God. You're just playing the game. And I found, I've, I've ran into so many people that said, well, I'm, I'm going to live right. I'm ready to live right. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to do that. And I think their mind was right, but their heart wasn't right. Their passion was still for the longing for the world. And just in a very short time, you've seen them right back where their heart desired. We must have a, a change of passion first in our life. And when our passion becomes what God wants it to be, then we, be able to, then we start walking in, the, walking in Christ. We start walking in what God wants us to do. I show me your passion and I'll show you the direction you're headed. That has so much of a powerful statement. People like passion for a variety of reasons. One of the reasons they like passion is because things become familiar. We allow something precious to become familiar and then we take it for granted. That's what happens to marriages because after a while they, it becomes so familiar and so you lose that passion. Then you begin to start taking it for granted and then we know what the results of that is. When we start taking something for granted, after a while, it becomes, well, it's just, well, I don't need it. I don't need that in my life. It's easier to go this way. And so sometimes that's what happens with our, in our Christian life. Sometimes we come to church and we sit on pews and we know what if we feel God and we feel God in our life and we, we, as long as we feel that Holy Ghost touch us, we get so familiar with that that becomes after a while we take that for granted. All I got to do is get to Hatchpin Apostolic Church and I walk in and sit on the third pew and I can feel God's presence. But after a while, we take that for granted. I've met several people in my life that has took praying back through the Holy Ghost for granted because it was easy for them. It became familiar to them. They go live like the devil coming into church in just a few minutes, speaking in tongues, and God fill them with, refill them with the Holy Ghost and become so familiar to them that they feel like, well, oh, I can just go and do what I want to and come back when I want to. But that's not how it works because after a while, that, that gets so familiar that you start taking that for granted. Well, that's just gonna, how it's going to happen this next time. And after a while, 
God, you've lost that passion. We allow some things precious to become familiar. In church life, a Gallup poll revealed that the number one factor for credibility in a church is the passion of that church. The number one thing that's the credibility of the church is is that church have a passion for truth. How can we become more passionate in following Jesus? We must first believe that the passion is the deciding difference in our life. Make sure we don't lose the passion for the truth. We got to make sure that that, that passion is our deciding factor. We don't what we feel, but what we're really passionate about. If we're still passionate about the truth, if you're still passionate about what God wants for your life, if you're still passionate about what this word of God in your life, you'll stay on the narrow and straight. Don't let the Bible be treated like an ordinary piece of information. Sometimes we read the word of God and we think about this book as just, a, just some people take it for granted, it's just a book. It became, becomes just a book to them. It's just words on a page because they've took it for granted. It's got so familiar to them. If you're not careful, if you don't have the passion for the word of God in your life, it becomes no more than just reading a cookbook to someone that's hungry. And that, the Bible can be just that to someone. The second thing is we must realize that God's desire desires passionate Christians. Paul wrote in Romans 12 and 11, he says, do not lag in zeal, but adert in spirit, serve the Lord, or be passionate in spirit. What Paul is saying, he says, we must be passionate with this, everything we do. We must be passionate for his spirit. The third thing we must do is we must pray for passion. We should be praying for passion. God, give me the passion for your, for your walk. Give me passion, what you are passionate about. That should be our prayer every day. If we pray for what God's passionate about, we'll be able to go in the right direction. There's an old country preacher. I read this prayer and I just had, feel like I want to share it today. This old country preacher prayed before his sermon. He says, O Lord, give thy servant this morning the eyes of the eagle and the wisdom of the owl. Illuminate my brow with the sun of heaven Possess my mind with the love of the people. Turpentine my imagination. Grease my lips. Electrify my brain with the lightning of the word. Fill, my, fill me plumb full of dynamite of thy glory. Anoint me all over with the, with the kerosene of salvation. And set me on fire. Amen. Hear this old country preacher. He wanted to have that passion. He wanted to have that fire in what he was saying. He went a long ways around there and he was getting some, some dynamite and some, tick, uh, some kerosene and he was getting all this and then he wanted God to set him on fire. And what he was really saying is he said, God, set me on fire with passion. And today, that's what we should be praying every, every, our prayer every day is God set me on fire. Set me on fire that I can turn my world upside down. Fourth thing is we must return to our, your first love. In Revelations 2 and 1 and through 6, Jesus warns the church in Ephesus about their lack of passion. He says he, says he acknowledged their accomplishments. He acknowledged their hard works, their doctrinal purity, 
But it says in effect, he says, you're doing all this stuff in my name, but I don't think you love me anymore. He says, you've lost your love for me. I've become too familiar to you. Yes, you count everything. You got every I, crawl, I, I dotted, every T crossed. But you've lost that passion. You've lost that love. And you, we must get back to our first love. We must get back to the one that first loved us, the one that first created us, the one that died on a cross for us. We must love him like he loves us. Today as I, I begin to close, I want to share, as Brother Chris said the other couple of Sundays, it's going to be a long runway, but I feel like I want to share this story tonight in my closing, and I hope I don't get too far out there to lose everything I've said, but as Brother Rayleigh uses his motocross and Brother Wayne uses his cats and everything else. So tonight I just wanted to use a story of something when I was in high school. One of the sports I did was lifted weights. And I, did, and I, and I so I've always been connected to like the strongman competitions and things like that. And, and so I hear just a few weeks ago, actually, I, was, I watched a video of an older video of a a, a, a guy named Eddie Hall. He's a British strongman. And Eddie Hall, b- back in 2014, he decided he was going, he was already the world record holder for the deadlift. And at that time in life, he said he, was, he, would, he, was, he would deadlift. He was going to break the world record at 500 kilograms, which is 1,102 pounds. And so he took two years to prepare for this lift. He had passionate for this lift. He was so passionate about it that he worked out seven days a week, 365 a days for this one lift. But he had other competitions, but he was really focused on lifting this lift. The day when it came, when he stood on the, before he stood on the, the platform that day to do this lift. There were other strongman competitors that laughed at him because he was going well above the world record by like 39 kilograms, which is quite a bit of, you know, in, into the lift. And he was going to break the record. He wasn't just going to break the world record. He was going to shatter the world record. Even, even doctors and scientists told him at this point, that 1,102 pounds was impossible for the human body to pick up in a deadlift because they said it would pull your muscles off your bones and all kind of all the medical terms that could happen at this lift. And, but he was determined. He was passionate. He was going to break this, this world record. At the moment when he, he stood on the platform that day, I actually watched the video again just a couple of days ago and and as he stood on that lift, they were chanting his name, Eddie, Eddie. And that pushed him that much harder. And he said as he prepared for this lift, he, he, and as he prepared for the lift, he, picked the, he bent down and got a hold of the lift. And he actually, he actually had to strap his hands to the bar because of the force that he was put on the bar. And when he closed his eyes and he started lifting, he lifted the weight and stood and held it for multiple seconds. 
and he dropped the weight to the floor and three seconds after the bar hit the floor, he passed out. His eyes was bleeding. His nose was bleeding. He almost died because his blood pressure was through the roof and it took hours for his blood pressure to come back down. But I told all this story not to, to break this record. He had passion to break this lift to the point that he gave up years of his life for this lift. His family, his kids. But he was passionate about doing it. He broke the lift. He broke the record. And, and as he broke the record, there's many, many, many years. Actually, this record still stands to a point of in any competition. One man has broke it by one kilogram. But it was not in a. It was in a, a private gym, so it's not. It don't stand for, for the record. But as he broke the record, later they interviewed him, and in his interview he told, what it cost him. He said he had health problems, from just this one lift, this lift that took ten seconds, at the maximum from the time he grabbed a hold of the bar, until it left off the floor. And so when it got back to the floor. And so they, he was asked how he prepared for this lift. And I just wanted to share, he, he shared something that some people that don't understand much about weightlifting says, you know, weightlifting is a lot of mental. You say, well, how is it mental? It's all about how strong you are. But there is a lot of mental behind this lift. And he said that, to a point, he went to a place in his, he, he said, when I got to a hold of the bar, and as he was, went through the video, actually, he told exactly what he was going through in his mind. He said, in my mind, I took and I envisioned, and at the moment when I closed my eyes, I was envisioning that me and my family was in a car wreck. And my children were trapped underneath the car. And he said, when I started lifting that bar, he says, in my mind, I was lifting that car off my kids. And he said, he says, so I went past, because he says, yes, the doctor said, that, or the scientist said that it was impossible for a human body to lift that amount of weight. But he says, I went past that because I was lifting a car off of my kids. And he went to the place that his body almost went past recovering from because he was doing something he was passionate about. Yes, he was passionate about this lift, but he was passionate, more passionate about saving his kid's life. And he said he mentally went to that place. Am I saying if that's, I mean, am I saying today, was that right or was that, was that ethical what he did in his life? But I'm just saying, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying tonight, he, he was passionate about his children. And just like he's passionate about his kids, we are passionate about our kids. And so what will we do to save them? So tonight I ask us tonight, are we passionate, is our passion for God anywhere closer to our passion for anything else? If a man can have that kind of passion to lift a bar of weight off the floor that God could have did with anything. Are we passionate, that kind of guy, that kind of passion for reaching our lost children or reaching our lost loved ones? 
Tonight I ask us, as I begin to close, I say, where is your passion? If your passion is in the things of God, your soul will, or is headed in the right direction. But I'm telling you tonight, if your passion is in some other direction, as we stand across here tonight, I ask us to, to, to reach in our own life tonight and assess our, assess our passion for what we were passionate about. Tonight as we close, as we close, we can close like we usually do family prayer on the front or if you want to pray where you're at tonight. But I feel like we need to make sure our passion is in the right things. That our passion is for what God's passion is. And that is for lost souls. Let us worship Him right now. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.